David, I have to admit something. What's that? I, I unfollowed you on Instagram. <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm devastated. I'm destroyed. Our friendship can't can't handle it. Have you ever accidentally unfollowed someone, or like weren't following someone you didn't realize, or maybe you did unfollow a friend before mute the mute button became powerful? I've, I've made every mistake. I've, then, I un, I unfollowed someone and refollowed them and wrote them. I said, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I realize this is a modern situation, but I never meant to do that. And yes, it's foolish, but it's even more foolish for them to get angry uh, <laughs> at an innocent mistake. I had a friend of mine. I was, I, I don't, I, I honestly think it was like an oversight, but because I have all these, you know, now I have like seven accounts or something. Um, and I, and I realized I wasn't following him and I wanted, I think I wanted to tag him in something or, and I, and I had to, and I messaged him and I said, you know, I, this is, I'm not being an, an asshole, but I legitimately, for some reason, I'm not following you and it's a huge oversight and I'm going to follow. So just here it comes, you know, and, and I was embarrassed and you're right. It's like a super modern ridiculous, you know, little thing, but it, it sort of weighs on people, I guess. Well, it's, we're talking about social media today and we're going right into a big topic. And I think it's yeah, funny. We, we can have small talk. Do you want to make some small talk? <laughs> I, I want to talk big talk and we, uh, small talk will find its way in there. Um, I, I think social media is something that both matters to us too much and we also know that it's not as important as it should be. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, but yet it makes us angry. Why, why do you think that is? Why do you think people get not angry, just revved up about it or have such strong opinions about it? I, I'm not sure. I, I, it's, it's, I, I think about that myself. Why is this, why does this matter? And if I didn't, you know, there's certain things that I like perfectly well outside of the social media aspect of it and other things like if you turn people's feeds off it doesn't seem things don't seem to bother you anymore right like there were a couple you know i'll follow a few things that just aggravate me every time i see them for one reason or another and uh maybe because i'm a grudge holder i don't know um and then i I turn them off and i'm like free of that now are you talking about motifs trends or actual people all of the above, you know, yeah. everything. It's just like the things that trigger you, I guess, or, 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 you know, make you feel certain negative thoughts or, you know, not right. like diabolical things, but, right. you know, just having a sort of negative visceral response to instantly and for no reason. And I, I don't know. I don't know why. It seems like that's, you know, the social media is like the, that's like the window into what's exactly happening at the moment. And so like, if you feel like you want to be participating in the moment, then you have to be connected to that in a big way. And I think that with that comes huge challenges, Mm. right. That are sort of unforeseen. Right. Right. Well, we should preface this by saying, because everyone's so sensitive and we're sensitive sometimes we're not targeting or trolling or (laughs) subtweeting anybody. We'll uh, we'll we'll even Excel doc (laughs) in the the post of uh, all the people that we are specifically talking about. (laughs) I I think Um, everything I would criticize of anyone I'm guilty of in the past. Well, you know, it's not, it's not me saying that, you know, X, Y, Z is so, you know, I, I can't stand them on social. It's, it's not even that it's I've, I've done all those things too. So I, I understand maybe it's, I see myself in them or sure. whatever, but to your point, it's like, this isn't about specific people. It's about the larger sort of ecosystem and how it, I think connects into our lives. Well, I feel like it's, 
it's evolving and it has evolved because it's so new. So something, let's just take Instagram. If when we started, it was to use these unusual filters to make them look like an old time Polaroid with a kind of a black border and just um, editing your own photos was exciting. It seemed because it was so new Mm -hmm. and then somehow it evolved to more performative, it seems to me aspect. And I think that's where we get, into a little dicier situation because what was, and I, and I think it evolves as our lives evolve. And some, you know, I follow a few people because I want to see their, you know, children and their lives and what they're doing. And then I follow other people who I don't know because I'm curious about the fascinating places they go when people used to travel. And then there are other people that it up somehow one person's travel to Sweden is different than someone else's and it drives me crazy. And I don't, I don't always know why that is. And I, and it, it's an interesting Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, when it became a business, I guess, or, or when when some the so-called influencers uh, came to the fore, and then these the the Instagram became a tool, or or any of the social media became a tool, and I think that's where the the not resentment, just the aggravation. I mean, it's, and it is comical, and it's also because we we have it with us all the time, mm-hmm. and I think because we have a really hard time turning it off, that then we we become we have an unhealthy obsession with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel like I would love to just tr- stop doing it, and but I'm I'm sort of handcuffed to it sure. because of, because of this because of the marketing work I do my clients like how could I not do it you know and and there's no there's no reasonable way to like I would love to get Facebook off my phone I mean I would love to do that <laughs> I took for, it off for, mine for a variety of reasons but yeah. I can't I can't though I yeah, I mean right? what I do professionally I just can't do it and you know it it is that's sort of now what everyone thinks of as like the first the first marketing channel or the first place that you would <laughs> yeah. make any announcement. I don't know, like even having a kid, you have to think about strategy. You know, what Incredible. are you going to do? What are you going to do with, with your children's pictures? You know, do you just, right. you know, do you let your kids take over your feed? Do you put all that stuff out there? You know, mm. are they going to have to see it? I don't mm. know. Even that's like a consideration, you know, which I think is, sure. is a little, I don't That's a little scary. I don't think it's been thought through yet. I mean, these sweet children who are one or two or three, when they get to be 10 or 12 and meet someone at, in, in grade school who can find all, let's just say, you know, find all these photos or, or just the fact that anyone's childhood is so uh, documented is, is kind of, I just, I don't think it's necessarily bad. I just don't think we've we've understood the implications of that Mm -hmm. for the, from the children's point of view. I mean, I I don't think, I mean, we always joke about how happy we were that Facebook and Instagram and none of these things existed when we were in college or, um, and I, and I, I really believe that in a way, and I'm sure there will be all sorts of waves of people who don't want to, uh, you know, you, you didn't want your kid to watch television and maybe you don't want them at screen time. I think there's just a huge amount of discussion that we haven't quite internalized. Yeah. I mean, it's all of this stuff is tricky and it's true. I mean, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to live with everything I've done out in the world or care. You know, it's like, <laughs> right. you know, when I, when I left college and I moved to New York, it's like, I'm not bringing with me really like any baggage. I got right. like this completely new fresh start. And if I'd had, 
everything I'd done up to that point on Instagram, I think it would have felt different maybe, but maybe all those people are used to it. I don't know. I don't think there's an easy answer. I mean, I think that's the theme of all this stuff is, you know, it's, there's no solutions, you know, it's, it's more of a, everything's a compromise. Sure. Well, I see my friend's children who are older and they've just grown up with an iPhone kind of documenting them. And they're so smooth and elegant and articulate on camera. It's uncanny. I mean, I, I can't speak that way. These are to 10 year olds who just can, can uh, narrate what they're doing, be really funny. And I, I, I don't think I could do that. Um, I, I feel though that one thing that as far as Instagram goes, there's just always going to be this line when something feels experimental and personal versus when it seems performative and um, that you're, you're trying to get more attention. And mm -hmm. I think that that's always a fine line that everyone's going to draw in a different place. But when you think about someone who dresses a certain way, does he do it for himself or does he do it for attention? Does he do it at pity because he hopes he gets on some street style sites or whatever, or does he do it for some something that has more meaning for himself? And I think that where people kind of cross my anger threshold is when <laughs> it seems that they're doing something in a performative way. Like, would you want to go to this restaurant or, or this opera or this or any place if no one knew about it, if you just did it because you wanted to be there with your girlfriend or be there on your own or, but, or do you have to show back when people would take a picture of their, their Hamilton um, program on their seat before the show started was sort of to prove that they'd been there or if anyone's <laughs> been to an Amman hotel or if anyone's, you know, acquired something. And, you know, sometimes those things are harmless and fun and you're sharing them in a good way. In another case, I wonder if people would do it if they couldn't kind of have it register publicly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the, if you, most of what's being done right is like to your, you know, what you're saying is like, it's a flex or is some sort of right. showing off or whatever. The, the interesting thing is like, and you talk about going to Sweden and using Instagram and the way Instagram's evolving to sort of every week, there's a new button to get you right. into the right. shopping thing, which no right. one wants, you know? Right. Um, but if the, if they use that and 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 made it possible to the accounts you follow to you you know it's like the map thing that they faced right. out that you liked it's like right. you look on a map and you can see where everyone's been in Sweden that you follow and you could then you sort of engineer your trip around it or totally. make a recommendation then it's like posting a hotel actually has a function sure as opposed to you know and and I I went back through my personal Instagram and I archived almost everything, like 90% of it. And, and to do that, you have to manually go through and look right. at everything. And most of what I posted was me showing off or flexing on something <laughs> or it was stupid. It, and it was, yeah. that was, you know, then in, in years later, looking back through that it was sort of deeply embarrassing Sure, um, that I had done it, you know, and, and that I, I felt like I, could do it. It's just a mm. lot. And then, and I think like that, you know, it's hard, not a lot of people, I'm not saying I'm better for doing it, but going back and archiving everything, but a lot of people just never look back and see any of the stuff they've done. And there's no, there's, you know, there's no sort of accountability to yourself on what you're doing. Right. I don't know. Like in that sense, it, like there's, it's tough. I mean, I feel like there's some pleasure 
and to me, and I think to a lot of people to look back at their Instagram and it is a, a you know, an ar- true archive of what you've done and where you've been. And mm-hmm. if you kind of post relatively moderately, but you say, oh, I was at, you know, I was in Italy or this is when I went fishing you know, with, with Michael Williams or I did those things. And it kind of is a, a little, you know, a snapshot for, uh, of, of your time. What it evolves into is just a ton of pictures of people of themselves. And I'm always shocked if I, if I want to see a hotel. And so I click the the area where people have, you know, tagged it and 90% of photos of a hotel or a restaurant or wherever are people posing and just total clowns. And then I think, (laughs) is this all people do? How much energy do people have to just post, you know, two girls in front of whatever, some uh, spa in St. Bart's. And you think this is just, this is ridiculous. I mean, I, I guess it's just because we don't, we have less of a private life. There's less privacy. There's so many ways to share information about ourselves. And sometimes that can be fascinating. I I mean, I do like seeing the interior, someone's kitchen or someone's bookshelves, but I also think there's an art to revealing something that a lot of people, um, they just, because they have these tools, they use them. They don't stop and think about it, or they don't do what you did and say, look back at and say, maybe this wasn't right. I mean, I do think everyone's going to evolve and find the right, um, place for them, but I, I I don't think people are necessarily asking enough questions. Yeah. I, I think there are, there are good aspects of, of, of it, you know, and my, one of my favorite things that I've seen and, and I've gotten a lot out of it from like a, you know, from like a newsletter perspective, like I get a lot of ideas from there that maybe sort of show me what something someone is doing. Sure. Like I've, I'm working on this story about projects that people have done at their house during the pandemic. Mm, cool. And, and it's something I actually just love to see on Instagram stories is like someone that's redoing their kitchen and the process yeah. <laughs> or um, I follow this photographer that has a house uh, in the Catskills. His name's Andrew David Watson. He has just done tons of stuff to his house. He's super handy. And he like, he's like, I redid the steps because there was one missing and there was a big gap and my thought my daughter was going to fall through it. So, and then he will, he'll go and sort of document the process mm, of like, like doing it. And um, yeah, that stuff. I'm like, this is fascinating. Like I could just watch this stuff all day and it's cool to see like what people do, how they redo their kitchen, right. what, what choices they make. And then it's like have bigger conversations around it. Like that in that aspect, it's, it's really cool. Well, there's definitely a way. I think the first thing people have to say is like, what is this feed? What's the purpose of this? Is it to keep my family and the people closest to me see my children growing up? And then that has a certain feel. Is it about travel? Is it for people who don't know me? I mean, I have a very specific line. Most people who follow me don't know me so that they want travel and certain things that someone who knew me would maybe not want. I I was, I find it interesting though, when people use it for something specific that actually works. And there's this very funny man, I've never met him named Tom Kretschmar, who is just, he's a divorce lawyer in New York, loves Japan and loves Japanese food and, and really knows it and prepares it himself, but goes to Tokyo a lot. And so finally I wrote him and I said, I'm sorry to do this. I know I don't always like when people do it to me, but you're the sushi guru, where do you go in Tokyo? Just 
just one or two places. And he said, well, I've actually made a hashtag that's so unique. It's like Tom goes to Tokyo sushi. It's, it's kind of ungainly. Mm-hmm. But if you typed it in, he had tagged all his Instagram photos through his whole archive of those things. So he didn't, when people asked him, which happens all the time because he's such a, he's so well known about this. Um, then you could find it, it sorted all those photos out, which was incredibly helpful. And you can, I mean, it's really, I, that's like a, that's better than a newsletter. I mean, this is, person is so insane. He's the one who bought the, um, the sushi maker, the actual one that they use in the movie wall street. And, uh, just, this guy's, <laughs> it's like an incredible person. But anyway, I, I thought like that was something where it's, it's a little bit like what you're talking about people doing projects where someone's obsession and expertise actually serve a purpose and, and, shine, and, they, and shines through in the, in the, yeah, cycle. exactly. You, you, what's the number one tip for sushi in Japan? Do you know? <sighs> I, I have a good one if you want to. Hear. Oh, mine. Well, cause I, I, I have a, I want to do a show or maybe our next show, which is on theories. So we should, <laughs> should we save it for our theories show? Cause I like, I like, um, this isn't I, a theory. This, is a, pr- this right. is a proven what's, rule. What's yours? What's your proven rule? Uh, Be the yeah. only white person there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, hey, that's, that's, no, that's not, that's, that's a good idea if you can do it. Um, I mean, I think that would work. Uh, I no, I think uh, only have sushi at lunch because it's like a third of the cost of sushi at dinner. I like it. Lunch is like just always much less expensive. It's, it's yeah. less elaborate. It's not the full experience, but like, if you really want to eat sushi, like I would say go for lunch. I like it. And then anyway. What's your, what's your thing? My rule is for it actually, because I can speak just enough Japanese, like restaurant Japanese that I I talk very in great detail with the um, uh, concierge and say, where do you send people who are not from America? I said, I said, (laughs) I can speak to them. I can speak just enough Japanese to uh, (laughs) communicate. And, and if you do, then it's usually a pretty good situation, but You've been listening to a free preview of Central Division, a podcast and newsletter between David Coggins and Michael Williams. To access all of our podcasts and all of our newsletters, visit centraldivision.substack.com. Thank you.